Skill Development Playbook, Season 3, Episode 8. Let's drop some knowledge. Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. And today, we've got us another great episode planned. I am really excited about it. Uh, one reason why I'm excited because I just got off a of vacation. My family and I, we went to we went on a cruise. We got a chance to, to get away for the last week. And I apologize. I didn't have an episode uh, ready and uploaded to, to publish. But... Um, you know, I was able to relax and, and kind of get away from everything. Um, and we went on a cruise. It's my first time going on a cruise. So if any coach or parent or athlete out there that's listening, if you've never been on a cruise, trust me, it's highly recommended. It is worth every penny that you play. I mean, or every penny that you pay. I mean, you can you, you get to visit different countries. Uh, it's all inclusive. You have everything right there for you on the ship and I ate a lot, got a chance to relax and just just really reflect a lot on life and basketball and, you know, my family and, and you know, what I do uh, with my skill development and podcasts and everything. And so it was a great, great experience. And I got to meet so many different people from so many places across across the globe. I mean, we I met people from. Jamaica and Mexico and Ukraine and Russia and uh, Indonesia, you know, just a lot of different places. So it was very, very exciting. Everybody had this this connection, this uh, quote unquote love um, while we was on the ship. And so it was really fun. It was great. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. But if you've never been on a cruise, I highly recommend it. Um, it's very, very relaxing. And we went on a seven day cruise. So I was out at sea for seven days and it was one of the best experiences that, that, that I've ever had. So I'm back and I'm feeling re- refreshed and revived and re-energized and just kind of ready to go. So I'm excited and, um, um, I'm feeling much, much better. It's, it's a great stress reliever. Um, and you know, so, but anyway, uh, so had a great time on vacation and now I'm back. So uh, real, real quick, before we actually get into the podcast, I want to tell you guys again that I do have a book that will be released real soon. Um, it's actually going to be three books that I'm working on. The first one is already written and has been sent to the editor. They're working on it. I'm actually working on my second book, which I hope to have finished Um within the next few weeks, which is also going to be on skill development, but it's geared more towards the individual. And then I'm going to have a, a another skill development book that's going to be geared more towards teams and coaches um, that need to be able to put together a program for their team. So I'm trying to hit all different areas of skill development. Uh, the first book is just information, general information on skill development. The second book, we hit more skill development for individuals and and for players and what they should look for and how they should do things and how to put together 
uh, a training session and how to put together your plan. And then the last one will be for for coaches that coach teams or if you have an organization and you want to implement a skill development program, then it's going to take you through the steps that's going to help you put that program together. So I'm really excited about those. So continue to listen to the podcast. Follow me on all social media. And I will be discussing when those will be released. So in today's podcast, I have eight teaching tips, eight teaching tips for you uh, during skill development. Now, as coaches, we are we are teachers. We have to teach the game. Uh, uh, A quote that I like is there are those that play the game. And there are those that know how to play the game. And if you are a skill development coach or if you are just a basketball coach, you have to make sure that you are teaching the game. You want to try to teach it to the best of your ability, to the best of your knowledge. And over the last 17 years, I've made plenty of mistakes and I've learned a lot. I've picked up from different coaches, even coaches that have a different type of of coaching style. Uh, I try to keep an open mind and and they may do or say something that I really like and I can take that and add it to, as long as it fits my philosophy and my core values, which is something I talked about in previous episodes, as long as it match match up with that and it runs parallel to that, then I try to implement that into my teaching. So let's get right into it. And, And these eight tips, they're not in order by saying number one is the most the most important and number eight is the least important. It's just I have eight tips for you. And if you know, if you love these tips, great. You know, even if you don't agree with all of them, that's fine, too. But let's have an open dialogue about it. Um, and, and you can reach out to me through social media and I give you all the information at the end of the at the end of the podcast. All right. So. Eight teaching tips during skill development. Number one, stop and correct. I have been hearing this more and more um, lately, especially from uh, several NBA skill development coaches. Uh, Mike Procopio is the first one that comes to mind. He talks about this all the time in his blogs or on social media. Uh, He's pretty active on, on Twitter, but Stop and correct. You cannot you cannot do that too much. Well, you you there's a little bit of a science to it, uh, but you can't I shouldn't say you shouldn't stop. You can't stop too much. You can't be afraid to stop and correct your players. And even if you're in a, a group or especially if you're in a one on one session, you have to be able to stop and correct. Let the players know what uh, they need to improve where they made a mistake, you know, so you can't be afraid to stop and correct. Now, when you do that, I've heard of coaches that stop and nitpick every single thing. Okay. Uh, Dave Love is, is a great shooting instructor. I follow his stuff on social media and he talks about shooting. Now, I don't know this personally from Dave uh, coach Coach Love, but I'm, I, I will I would take a guess. I will go out on limb and say when he's working with a player, he doesn't stop and correct them after every single shot. After every single shot, sometimes a player has to be able to feel 
what they what they are doing correctly and what they're doing incorrectly. Now, if I have a beginner, am I gonna am I gonna stop and correct more? Yes, I am. Um, but a little bit more experienced player, players, players are a little more seasoned. I may not have to stop and correct quite as much. And uh, I'm gonna get into a little bit in one of my other tips on how you do that. But we can't be afraid to stop and correct. Even if you're working with an NBA player, if you see that their footwork is off or if you see that they travel or if you see that they're doing something uh, that could be a little more efficient with the basketball off their dribble, um, you, you can't be afraid to stop them and correct them. It doesn't have to be a long you know, paragraph of instruction. It doesn't have to be an essay of instruction. It could be something short, but we can't be afraid to stop and correct. So if you're teaching the game of basketball, you have to stop and correct. And you have to look at it this way. If your child is going to school and they're learning math and the teacher is standing over that kid and they're going through a math problem, you want that teacher to stop that child and correct them. You know, you don't want them to go through the whole worksheet and then the teacher come back and say, oh, you know, I was watching you, but you missed all of these because you was doing this incorrectly. You don't want them to wait to the end. If, if they're going through a, a multi-step process, uh, a math problem, you know, if they get to the first step and they're messing up or made a mistake, I want my teacher or my child's teacher to stop them and make that correction. So as they continue to go through the worksheet, they know not to make that same mistake again. So uh, you can't be afraid to stop and correct. Number two, coach on the fly. Coach on the fly. Now, I, I tell my players this all the time. A lot of times I would have a player that's going through a drill, and as soon as I start start to, uh, talking, they want to stop. They're stopping, looking. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, we're not going to stop. You know, Unless I tell you to stop or freeze or hold up or don't move, you keep going. I have to coach you on the fly. Uh, I call it wasted reps. I don't want any players to have wasted reps. So a wasted rep is when a player makes a dribble move or they're getting ready to get into a shot. And I say something about their footwork or I say something about their handle and then they stop and they try to start over again. No, don't don't stop in that situation. Go ahead and finish it. Uh, I don't want you to waste that rep. So now that's a rep you could have had. But you stop because you made a mistake or you stop because it didn't feel right and you want to start over again. Not everything that a player do is going to feel perfect. It's not going to always feel right. It's sometimes it's going to be off. But I want them to go ahead and finish it, shoot that shot, shoot that layup, make that pass. And then I'm coaching you on the fly and I'm telling you what I need you to do or what you should look for. You know, so if a player is to step into a shot one, two, and something is off, I'm going to tell them right then. Uh, I want them to know in real time. I don't I don't necessarily have to tell them on the way back to the end of the line or or when they go back to the start of the drill. Uh, And this is really, really important if you're working in groups. So if you have a group of three, four, five, six kids and you're overseeing all six of them or seven or eight, it could be as many as eight or however many is in your group, you really have to be able to coach on the fly because you have to determine if one or two players are not getting the skill or technique and the other four, five, or six are, do I stop the drill 
and break down the skill or technique to catch up the other two? Or do I keep going because majority of my group understands the drill? So if you're by yourself, then probably what you want to do, if it's four or five or six kids that understands the technique and they're getting it, then you want to keep the drill moving. So it's imperative that you're able to coach on the fly and tell those other players what they're doing wrong or how they need to improve. And also you want to make sure that they're paying attention to the other players and try to imitate what it is that they're seeing. So if they're at the back of the line and they see four or five players go before them and how they're doing it and doing it the correct way, you want them to be able to see that, imitate it, and then try to pick up on it as quickly as possible. So we want to uh, coach on the fly. Number three, you want to paraphrase your teaching. I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. When you stop and correct and you give them feedback, you don't want it to be long. You don't want to be long witted. You don't want to lecture. Uh, if you want to be very, very detailed, really, I mean, like really detailed, and you want to give them a whole lot of information, then you may want to say that for the end of the workout or the training session. If you have them shoot free throws, then you can refer back to that skill or technique and give them a little more detailed information. So let's say, for instance, you're working with a player on their shooting and they're struggling with shooting on balance or they're you know, on their toes too much um, or their feet are really way too wide or too narrow or, or whatever it is, they're not snapping their wrist. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna teach them, you want to paraphrase that teaching. So you may give them something real quick, uh, the cliff notes, the bullet points, but they have to understand your language and they have to know what you're talking about. So you you tell it to them why they're in that drill, why they're in that uh, that segment of your of your training session, and then if you happen to shoot free throws after that, and let's say you told them to shoot four free throws or three free throws. Um, that's when you can give them a little bit more information. And then you can go back to the drill or you can move on to another drill. But you, you don't want to disrupt the flow of the, of the training session by giving them too much information at that particular time. Uh, also, and here's a little side note, cliff note. Um, if, if you're working with a player on shooting, you want to be real careful by, by correcting too much because I think we uh, coaches sometimes give a player too much information or they try to tell them every or they try to give them a reason for for their misses every time they miss. And I think sometimes uh, or what happens, the player gets to thinking too much. And then every time they miss, they're looking at you trying to figure out why they missed the shot. So uh, we're talking about the eight teaching tips during skill development. Number one is stop and correct. Number two is coach on the fly. Number three is paraphrase teaching. Number four, speak with confidence. Speak with confidence. I had made a post. This was probably a year, year and a half, maybe even two years ago, about speaking with confidence. Uh, I made a post on Twitter about speaking with confidence for coaches to have a little swag about themselves. And I had, I had a couple of coaches debate with me about uh, – about that, about that tweet, and and they were saying that oh your swag and confidence, you know that doesn't have anything with your knowledge. Well, I, I think it does. I, I really think it does. You you can look at someone 
that's prepared for a test. The student that's prepared for the test, when they go in to take that test, they're going to have a lot more confidence about themselves. Okay, they're going to their their head is going to be up a little bit higher. They they're going to walk a little more straight up. Uh, they're going to be in a better mood. They're going to feel good about themselves. And it's not cocky. It's not arrogance. It's just a confidence about themselves that they feel like they can perform very well. It could be the same thing for a basketball player. A player getting ready to play, they put the time in the gym. They took care of the took care of their bodies in a nutritional sense. They were in the weight room. They got their rest. They're getting ready to to take this test or compete in this game. And they have confidence about themselves because they they are prepared for whatever is ready for them. And I think coaches should be the same way. If you studied the game, if you know what you're talking about, if you have knowledge, when you get into that training session. You should feel confident that you can help this player achieve whatever goal it is they want to achieve. You should have confidence that you can help this player be the best player that they can be. And that doesn't mean that you have to uh, be arrogant or, or brag about what you know and what you can do and what you can teach. That's not what I'm saying. But you should have some confidence about yourself. So when I'm being instructed, I want my teacher to have some confidence. I want them to to speak in an authoritative tone, but you know, without being demeaning. You know that they're 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 projecting their words. They're they're walking around with confidence. It's, so when I see that confidence, I know that that they really feel that what they are teaching is correct. And then if I feel that they feel what they're teaching is correct, then I have confidence in myself that I'm actually learning something. But if a person comes in, you know, they're real timid, they're not sure if if what they're teaching is correct, then I'm going to have doubt in my mind. And if I have doubt in my mind, then I'm not going to buy in. So uh, we got to speak with confidence. Number five, but to speak with confidence, you have to know the game. Number five, know the game. Study read, watch film. Now, I don't watch as much film as, as some of these other coaches. Uh, as you know, you, you hear a lot about coaches saying, oh, you know, watch film, watch YouTube, uh, get online and see see players and study how they how they do moves. And all that's great. And some some watch more than others. Uh, and I watch film. I watch those clips. I, I study basketball games and, and, and different things of that nature. Uh, but you have to know the game. However you gain your knowledge, you have to know the game. Now, I was listening to a podcast and the, the host always talks about the difference between knowledge and know-how. And there are some that have knowledge of the game of basketball, but they don't know how to coach. And that is completely different. But it has to start with some knowledge. You have to have some understanding of the game. You have to be able to, you know. So when I first started, um, I knew about how to develop guards. I ain't going to say I knew how to develop. But I knew how to work out guards. Not train them because there's a difference. We know we've talked about the difference between training and working out. So I knew how to work out guards. I had a parent reach out to me and say, well, my son is a post player. Do you work with post players? And I told him, yeah, I work with post players, no big deal. I had to learn. I had to go in there and study 
and figure out what it is that I need to teach this player on how to play post. And once I got in there and started learning some different things, some terminology, some techniques, I was able to get better. But you have to learn and study the game. All right. Number uh, six, relate to your players. There are so many coaches out there that, that do not want to take the time to relate to their players. To me, this is one of the easiest ways to get your players to buy in. You you don't necessarily have to like everything that the kids like. You don't have to listen to all the music they listen to. You don't have to know every single um, slang term that they use or terminology that they use. But you have to you have to be able to write relate to them in some form or fashion. If you're a coach that is really into uh, country music and all your players listen to hip hop. You should at least know the names of some of the the rappers and entertainers that's in that industry. Uh, you should understand and know the players that they are really watching and, and learning from and trying to imitate. Uh, you should know possibly uh, some of the, the latest dance craze uh, uh, moves and movies that kids are, are watching and listening to and music and all that. And that's just in a general sense. Now, if you want to really relate to your players, then you have to get to know them personally. You have to be able to relate to them. You know, if the kid is a single parent, lives in a single parent home, uh, you know, if the kid lives in a bad neighborhood, uh, if they have brothers and sisters, what it, what is it that they like to do outside of basketball? As, as coaches, we sometimes just think about basketball. This is what they're here for, basketball. How can I make them better with basketball? But, you know, they may love football just as much. They may love baseball or soccer or hockey or lacrosse. Or they may be really smart in the classroom and they may have aspirations of going to an Ivy League school. So we have to be able to relate to them outside of basketball. And then what we can do is we can sometimes tie those those other areas of interest into our lessons, which is something that I do. So when I have players come to me and they say, oh, I play softball, fast pitch softball. So I ask them different questions about softball. I have a little bit of knowledge about baseball, so sometimes I can tie some things in with with baseball or softball and basketball. So we have to be able to relate to them. Uh, That was number six. So number seven, you want to celebrate with them celebrate with them. You know, coach, when we, as skill development culture, we have to identify a problem and then find a solution. We have to identify a problem and then find a solution. Once we find that solution, now we have to be patient enough with the player to make that solution a habit. And when they start showing progress, we have to make it a big deal. Because a lot of times what happens is you got to understand when you're used to doing something a certain way, it's hard to break that habit. And then once we start to have a breakthrough, we have to I like to try to make it a big deal. You know, give me a high five. Give me a chest bump. Give me a fist bump. You know, hey, let's come up with some type of handshake, you know, something like that to show a celebration. Because that that to me, I remember when I was a kid, I could be doing something and. 
a lot of times if the coach never acknowledged that I was doing the correct way or I was doing a good job, then I would always say, well, why? I would say to myself, why is, why is he not saying anything to me? But if the coach did say, hey, good job, TJ, keep it up, man, I'm watching you, then that would give me a little more energy to continue to do what I'm doing. So you, you want to celebrate with them. Uh, give them high fives. Give them fist bumps. Give them a pat on the back. Tell them they're doing a great job. You know, fill them, fill them with confidence, you know, because we want to deposit positivity into them uh, to help them continue to go in the right direction. So we got to celebrate with them. And here we are. We're, and again, we're talking about eight teaching tips during skill development. Number one is stop and correct. Number two is coach on the fly. Three is paraphrase teaching. Four, speak with confidence. Five, know the game. Six, relate to your players. Seven, celebrate with them. And number eight, use descriptive language. Use descriptive language. Try not to be boring, um, but it could be borderline corny. Uh, you just want to use some type of language that the players will be able to remember and relate to. Uh, so, you know, let's take Gannon Baker, for example. He likes to rhyme when he's talking about stuff. So you may hear him in a video or, or, or a clip, and he may say, if the defender's hands are up, we go to the cup. Hands down, man down. That's something Mark Jackson says a lot if you're watching NBA uh, on TV. So just saying different things like that. You know, um, I think that that descriptive type language makes the player remember it a little bit better. Um, so I use an analogy. I like to use a lot of analogies when I work with players. So one of them that I use and I tell them before I use, OK, this is a terrible analogy. It's the worst analogy I can give you, but it helps drive home my point. I use an example of a hamburger. And I tell them, like, when you go to McDonald's and you get a hamburger, all the, the burgers are cooked the same. You can't go to McDonald's. And I know what. Well, I don't go to McDonald's. But I never know if anybody better go to McDonald's and get a medium well cooked burger. Like, all of them are, are, are well done. And, and so I tell them, that's how, that's the meat of this move. And whatever it is that we're working on, we're working on making moves out of triple threat. So the progression may be, Hard drive to the basket for a layup. The the second progression could be a pull-up jump shot. The third progression could be a hard drive to the right, change of direction, or, or, or anything, whatever it is you want to be. So I tell them that the meat of that is that first initial hard move. And then we're going to add layers to it to make this burger different. And so it's not a great analogy. It's nothing you know, profound. It's just... It makes them understand that when I make my first move, I got to keep my burger patty the same. I got to give them that same move, that same diet. And then I have to decide what layer I'm going to go to next. Is it going to be my pull up? Is it going to be a change of direction or whatever it is that we're working on? Okay. So those are my eight teaching tips on uh, or doing a skill development session. Number one is stop and correct. Number two is coach on the fly. Three, paraphrase teaching. Four, speak with confidence. Five, know the game. Six, relate to your players. Seven, celebrate with them. And eight, use descriptive language. And before I go, I want to give you some, some quick reminders how to contact me. The best way is through email. 
Coach TJ at mbnbball.com. That's Coach TJ at mbnbball.com. Send me an email if you have any questions, any comments. Um, if you need help with anything, shoot me an email. Also, I'm asking you to share this podcast with your circle of influence. It can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, I really, really, really need you to uh, rate this show, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and make sure you subscribe. Subscribe on any of the podcast platforms so you can be uh, be able to, to uh, uh, get the episodes as they are released. Also, be sure to follow me on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at NBNBball. Excuse me. On Instagram, also, I have some IGTV uh, videos. Be sure to go on there and check those out. On Facebook, I have a fan page. It's NBN Basketball. And then on YouTube, I have some videos. I took down a lot of videos off of my YouTube page, and, and I'm starting to put on some, some different videos on YouTube. It's nothing but net b-ball. So uh, that is it for this episode. I appreciate everybody for listening. Again, just reach out to me if you need anything. And until next week, I will see y'all. God bless.